Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we explore the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters. What's going on? Yeah, I was thinking about the colorful character thing, Danny, and I think maybe what we're doing with this podcast is painting a portrait of the Chicago <laughs> hospitality scene, and it's a paint by number, <laughs> and, and we're kind of unraveling how intricately designed this is and, and the, the complicated network of people who prop up this industry. Would you agree with that assessment? I might, yeah. It's Please. A, it's truly an interconnected web. <laughs> it, it kind of is. I mean, I was trying to help your painting metaphor, you know, go even deeper. Yeah. It's a, it's a wide palette. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, man. So yesterday. Yesterday. You had yeah. a hard out. As I did it, yeah. In, uh, Fair enough, yeah. Another intro. Not sure, yeah. I, I love talking about this sort of stuff, but I happened to be playing uh, golf yesterday with uh, with a funny gentleman. Uh, funny in that a colorful character, if you yeah, will. a colorful character. Uh, to be honest, yeah, a very nice guy, but there is a, a lot of etiquette involved in the game. Golf is a is a sport of etiquette. It kind as of is. Tennis. It's, it's more just like being generally considerate. Um, yeah, and he was not. He was a little oblivious couple of the highlights he took uh took a couple of phone calls that made him very angry uh so just being around that energy like answering the phone mid-round coming back this is like the guy you played with who's uh whose wife put in a house offer an offer on a house in the middle of a round no right before the round (laughs) stressed him out (laughs) yeah that one wasn't his fault this one yeah this it was just very silly and anyways he just was uh you know. What is some golf etiquette? I, I I've played with you. Um, you prefer to walk. Yeah, I think I'm not that, a walker. I think it's just about, you know, keeping pace. Yeah, not lollygagging. Yeah, and uh, you know, cleaning up after yourself, fixing ball marks if you're in a bunker, like raking a bunker, rake a bunker. Um, yeah. Now just, I play where and uh, like watching your own ball. Like this guy would hit a ball that was offline and like stop watching it halfway through its trajectory. And then like he would basically just expect everyone else to know where it was. That is tough. And you're like, dude, I'm like, bad you gave at up doing on that. It. I'm bad at watching my ball. Yeah. Like I but don't know that where is your a, ball went. That's a nice etiquette thing is to keep an eye on someone's ball or at least try yeah. to. But don't expect that. Yeah, exactly. It just got yeah. a little. Now I play anything within four club lengths. Maybe that's a gimme. Yeah. Is yeah, that how four, you play? Yeah, four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We I have mean, different not rules, much. We I could think. go all, yeah. This could, yeah. I think we've covered some general basics of it. Yeah. Perhaps this could be a new segment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, called golf Danny bitching about yeah. his uh, fancy golf life. Yeah, Danny complaining <laughs> about first world problems. Yeah. Well, um, anyway, I'll yeah. tell you a problem that we all have. The need to find groceries and good groceries. Yeah. Luckily, this guest has us covered he sure does right <laughs> yeah it's uh this was kind of an out-of-the-box guest for us um out of the bag so to speak yeah directly out of the golf bag <laughs> grocery bag <laughs> yeah okay i see uh we had uh, costa drosos from fresh marketplace a beloved uh neighborhood grocery store on western avenue where i like to shop danny likes to shop yeah, a lot I mean, of the guests on the pod like to shop they are they're doing some next level things as far as hospitality when it comes to grocery grocery yeah grocery grocery service grocery yeah it's just fascinating to learn kind of the ins and outs of a business that we all 
participate in yeah. frequently. Um, you, have, you have no choice but to interact with the grocery store. And I had a lot of questions just from being a customer and it was cool to learn about it. For sure. Yeah. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Costa Rosos. So Costa, where does your relationship with grocery begin? So um, I was 15 years old. Um, I get I'm, I'm at home in summertime, uh, and um, I get a phone call from a manager of the grocery store that my mom used to shop at, and um, he calls me and he goes, "I'm looking for Costa." I was like, "Speaking," you know, I was 15. Not many people <laughs> were calling me at that. At that point, he's like, yeah, your, uh, your mom put in an application for you. Um, and I was wondering when you can start for work. I was like, I don't even know where this grocery store is. You know, it's summertime. <laughs> Were you pissed? Uh, so your mom just blindsided Yeah, yeah. I mean, of job. course, it was blindsided, right? And I had spent <laughs> all my summers in Greece up until that point, right? So I would go to Greece from June to late August. So this was like my kind of first summer to be here. I was in high school. You know, I had just gotten my license. So it was like... You know, I want to have you enjoy it with your friends. So you knew you weren't going to Greece this summer. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, that I guess so, right? So, so the school just ended, <laughs> and I get surprised. this phone call. He's like, when when can you start? I was like, uh, I might have to talk to my mom first. Like, I don't know who you are. And, <laughs> and um, you know, my mom comes home from work, and I was like, what's going on? She's like, I told you you're going to get a job this summer. Um, and I was like, I didn't know you were being serious, right? So... Um, so I go uh, to this to this grocery store, um, and I get hired as a as a bagger, right, for the entire summer, and you know, working three four nights a week, nothing crazy. But I um, started to develop um, a friendship with the owner's son. Well, sorry, real quick, yeah. what are the secrets to bagging? What is there? Uh, Heavy know, on the bottom. You you think that there are, like it's when we hire baggers, right? You think it's easy. We'll just bag groceries. There's a science behind bagging, yeah, especially it seems those like paper it. bags, man. Yeah. And then now with the transition where a lot of customers are bringing in their own bags, yeah, you don't want to mess that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the space uh, differs. And, and the biggest thing is like you feel like you got it, and at the end there's this huge cantaloupe at you know the last thing that scan, <laughs> and it's like all right, now what do I do, right? <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of science behind the bagging, but you always want to keep the meat separate, anything raw for sure. But yeah, heavy stuff on the bottom, make sure that they can carry it out. It's not going to rip. Um, but you know, I was making a lot of mistakes bagging when I was younger. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, I get hired as a bagger there. I'm, I'm going into my sophomore year and then I got, you know, I got in with, um, became close with the owner's son, who's right around my age. He's a little bit older, but um, then I get promoted to cashier a year later, supervisor, you know, manager, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then really, like, the rest is history, right? They, they just made me a part of it. Um, we opened up this store um, on Western Avenue, Fresh Marketplace, and 
uh, here I am almost 20 years later. Was that right? the first of its kind? Was it the first place they had done on that level? So there's another fresh marketplace on the west side of Chicago. Um, that's a completely different concept. That was there before. That's been around now for like 20 years. Okay. Right. Um, and, you know, we opened up the West, the location on Western in 2016. So that was a new concept to us, right? Um, we had we had just been focusing on one concept, which is um, a certain demographic. Now we come into Bugtown, which is a little bit more diverse, right? Um, and it was we definitely struggled, right? No, really. We definitely struggled in the beginning. What um, were the issues relative to the other place? So it's the the needs of the neighborhood, right? Um, when we opened in 2016, the um, demographics were kind of shifting, like Logan, Bucktown, um, and we were trying to cater to a lot of people, and we just didn't know how to do that. Yeah, right? I, I was one of those people. I lived yeah. on Claremont across the street, across Western, and I remember seeing this sign, like, coming soon. Because it was sure. vacant for a while. Yes. And then yes. I was like, oh, nice. We're finally going to have a grocery store here. Yeah, yeah. And then I followed you guys on Facebook at the time. It was probably, sure. like, 2015. Yeah. And um, there was a post, and it was like, hey, we're opening soon. If there's anything you'd like to see in the store, yeah. let us know. And I was like, all right, well, there's, sure. this, uh, there's this old Jamaican ginger beer that I love for cocktails, and I can never find it anywhere. So I put that on there. Yeah. And sure enough. The day you guys opened, I walked over there and it was on the shelf. Better have been on the shelf. <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah, better. And then Tim like, didn't this is buy any and tank the store, and that's why they were struggling because they bought all this Jamaican ginger beer. Got that Tim what didn't was it? Buy. The D and G brand? Like that? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's class. It's classic Jamaican ginger beer. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good stuff. Impressed yeah. that you knew that. Yeah. yeah. So, do you so know it, all the products? Listen, it's I better time. know all the products. Wow. Right. That's impressive. Um, yeah, I. I take pride in and my team, right? I have my my manager Nico, who who is such a like he's a genius when it when it just comes to food and wine and stuff like that. He's well he's well read on the products. Um, you got to keep up nowadays, yeah. You know, with products, uh, you have to be a ahead of the game. You have to put it on the shelf before customers even start requesting it. Yeah. Right? With the advent of the home chef, everybody's a chef now. They've got TikTok, they've got Absolutely. Instagram reels, and they want to recreate these things at home. Absolutely. And they need to find those ingredients. And of course, you guys have an extremely diverse offering. How do you sure. kind of manage trends? And, and how, what are you looking for? Yeah. So, you know, speaking of trend, right? So food now is not really seen as an item that just is just consumed and we're moving on with our day, right? Yeah, it's not like a utility it's anymore. N- yeah, it's... It's a status. It, yeah. It's a status, absolutely. It's status. It's almost seen as like, almost like a material item, right? Like we, we bring in this olive oil that went viral. People want it because it went viral, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to keep up with the trend. So getting opening up your... Um, your, your contact book, right? Which vendors have trendy items? Which vendors have all natural items, organic items? And then you have to have your staples, right? Like Honey Nut Cereals is still our best-selling cereal in the store, right? Really? Um, and we have all this cool cereal, protein cereal, non-fat, all this, low sugar, all this. But Honey Nut Cereals is still our best, right? So 
you know, we listen a lot to the customers based on, you know, what they want. If they want something and they ask me, they're going to see it on the shelf next week. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to squeeze it on the shelf, right? We are officially out of space at the store. <laughs> you know, we, um, we've just brought in a lot of items um, that customers are requesting, um, but that's what makes us us, right? Um, they can come to me. They can come to my manager, John, Nico, whoever it may be, right? Um, and they'll, we'll, we'll find a way to, to bring it in. How different are the selections and the SKUs from one store to the other? Is it like 50% different? It's night and day. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's night and day. Yeah. Um, so you're really servicing the neighborhood. Sure. And I guess that, that makes sense and, because and, those and are the things you're going to sell, do, right? The, the customers dictate. And that was the everything. growing pain in the beginning was yes. like, okay, we assume the neighborhood's going to be like this, Learn but it's true. actually like this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What were some assumptions you made early on that didn't pan <clears> off? <throat> so we made a lot of assumptions, right? Um, and the, one of the assumptions that we made was um, we wanted to... Um, we, we wanted to make sure that our pricing was competitive, right? So we had we went to other stores, checking their prices, see where they're at, and that's just a mistake, right? You can't mm. be doing that. In grocery, you have to make you have to do what what you need to do to keep your doors open, yeah. right? And and in in grocery, it's very very thin margin to begin with, yeah. right? We're talking about extremely thin, especially now. You know, with the overhead being what what it is these days, um, in every business, right? So we wanted to make it more of like a price conscious store. Not that we're not price conscious now, um, but we were bringing in items instead of like the higher end of uh, you know canned corn. We were bringing in like a lower end of a canned corn because we could keep the price down, right? What we found out is that quality in in this neighborhood right in the bucktown neighborhood that we at surpasses everything right it supersedes everything and my kind of eye-opening moment was a customer came up to me right and they're like i need you to start carrying public and bread here right this was like two years in and and i said public and bread okay let me see what I can do. So I call Greg, right? I, I Greg, this is Costa, you know, have this grocery store in the Bucktown area. Can I talk to you? You know, and he goes, sure. So I come in, sit down with Greg. He's like, this, these are our SKUs. These are our price points. And I was a little bit apprehensive. So the first, that first order, I bring in like seven loaves of bread, right? I sold that bread out in less than a half hour <laughs> at the store. Wow. And that was like, all right, this is what the customers want. Yeah. Right? Um, they, they're looking for quality. They're looking for local products. They're looking for, you know, Chicago is a great food scene, right? Mm -hmm. What if I just get in contact with a bunch of people around the city, start bringing in their products, right? And making my customers happy and really make that a one-stop shop. We weren't a one-stop shop before, Right. And in many ways, we're still not. We're trying to be. Um, but right now, I say you can comfortably get 80% of your needs. What do you, what's the 20% you don't think you fulfill? You know, housewares, uh, you know, yes. stuff that we're just not going to compete with, yeah. right? Um, housewares is one. 
Um, I think we could do a little bit more on um, like non-food, non-food items other than housewares. Like we don't have, you know, like the, 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 the cooking supplies, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the, um, you know, we don't have three different kinds of lotions and shampoos and stuff like that. So but we're just not going to interest in that. We don't. Yeah. No, we don't. I mean, there are, we don't. You know, you People got are CBS, going other you places. Got Walgreens. Yeah, they're Those not coming everywhere. Here. They're not coming to, to our store for that stuff. Yeah. So, well, it's definitely resonating with the chef community. I saw uh, a couple weeks ago, Bill Kim was in, yeah, and, and he yeah. took a picture with Mindy Siegel and Jonathan yeah. Zaragoza. And I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. all guests from the pod, we got to get close in here. Thanks. I'm, I'm truly honored. I'm truly honored. I was telling you, I think I finally made it. Here. That's yeah, great. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. So how, how did you guys, during the pandemic, um, my mom yeah. lived in the neighborhood, you know, my mom, uh, yeah. and you'd like do personal shopping for her. Like yeah. that's a next level hospitality yeah. and kind of a testament to how you are a staple in the neighborhood. Yeah. How did the pandemic affect how you guys operated and how did you pivot to cater to the unusual circumstances? Yeah, so as difficult as the pandemic was for a lot of people, right? Um, it was, it was an opportunity for us to really kind of showcase what we can do, right? So just to back up a little bit, there was, it was a Thursday night, right? Um, and the store was, you know, I kind of know where the store is going to be on a Thursday in terms of sales or whatnot. Um, it was around two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and the store is packed. I said something's going on, right? Um, by five, six o'clock, there was a twenty-minute line on the register, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw one gentleman that spent close to eleven hundred dollars that Thursday, right? Three full shopping carts just kind of stocked up on everything. That was Danny hoarding uh, toilet paper. And <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Tim buying back all that yeah, Jamaican ginger that. beer that he made you bring <laughs> yeah, on yeah. in 2016. The guilt yeah, got to stock got up for the bomb shelter. Yeah, sir, sir. Yeah, I don't blame you guys. It was, uh, it was an interesting time, that's for sure. So I'm looking and I'm like, something something is, is happening here, right? Um, I, I don't think we you know, word of mouth spread this quickly where everybody just came in at once. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so we closed up shop. Um, we stayed till like midnight that night to kind of get the store back together. And I texted my other manager, John. I was like, John, we had a really busy day today. And I think it's, I think that was it. I think it was just kind of like a, you know, kind of like a one-off. We had days like that for eight, 18 straight days where it was morning to night, constantly, constantly busy. You know, uh, we were accustomed to having about 1,100 people coming in at the store. We were getting over 2,500. So we're looking at, you know, more than double, right? How are you stocking the shelves? Yeah. So great question, right? So first of all, I want to shout out to my team because, you know, we employ around 50 people. I never got one complaint from my employees. Um, never did they ever say, I need to go home. I'm, this is too much work. None of that. They stuck with the store, with, you know, um, for the customers, right? Yeah, with the mission. It, it was. It was. I was super proud of them. And once that that next morning, I woke up. And one of the things in the neighborhood, I want to say around a thousand customers have my personal phone number, right? 
Seems like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you do what you can. You got to do what you can. That's how we got him on the pod. You got to yeah, do yeah, what you can, him, right? Tim has his number. <laughs> so that Friday morning, I wake up. I had, and I, I kid you not, I haven't told many people this, right? I woke up to 417 text messages uh, from customers. And 416 were Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> 400 and, yeah, uh, man, I miss Melissa. 417 uh, text messages. And that's when, um, you know, I started looking through thread. I was like, you know, what are they asking for? And there's people sending me lists of stuff, right? Um, you know, I'm a little bit nervous to come around big crowds, this and that. Like I heard what happened and things are, you know, nationwide, there's news, you know, reports of stores just, you know, getting cleared out. When you do a shop for someone, let's imagine that you go through all these and it's a list of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. How long does it take you to put together someone's list? So what is the time it, commitment? Depends to on the list, right? So out of the four seventeen, do you break was, it out or you just do like one at a time? And so, is it you personally, or are you delegating this to somebody? Like, listen, hey, we need to put I this couldn't, together. I couldn't put staff members to do these things, right? Because I needed them oh, yeah. to do other to, stuff. To do other stuff at the time, like Stop. we were staying overnight for three straight week for three straight weeks. So is this right? is this uh, this has to be March twenty twenty? Yeah, right. Early March. March. Yeah. yeah, yeah, March twenty twenty. So. Um, you know, I get this list mm-hmm. and I just start going through it and I, I see like, I have to be able, they're, they're coming to me for something. Right. And what, what do I, what can I do? Right. I, I, at that point, not to sound cliche, but I felt the responsibility almost to keep like the panic in order. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because one thing about, you know, the, where the panic started is the grocery stores were, were empty and that just spawned this whole yeah this this chaos right um so you know i felt the responsibility at that point just to do what i can within you know within the neighborhood right so i start responding to to the customers right um yes one of them being you know (laughs) your mother right it's like "I, i can't leave the house can you bring these so i gave everyone at least like i can give it to you within the next two days just give me two days wow right wow and, you know, I got on, I, I stayed uh, after after work and I started putting orders together for, for people, right? And is it like you build all the dry stuff first and then at, close to when they're coming, that's when you put like the meat? Or, you know. What I was doing is I was putting things in shopping carts and baskets and just throwing them in the cool, like their orders oh, the whole and just thing. throwing yeah. them in the cooler, right? Um, wow. So it, I just felt like there was a responsibility, you know, people see service different ways, right? It's, you know, it's always an us versus them in in the community that I am. There's, you know, I talk to a lot of grocery store managers and owners, and it's always like us versus them. I, I don't see that with customers. It's, you know, we are here for the customer, right? Um, and, you know, I did what I can with, with my team, um, and really a lot of credit goes to them. Yeah. Right. Um, me, I understand being the face of the store, but you know, I, there is, there is no fresh marketplace without the, the great team that I, that I have. Um, and a lot of them are still with us. This episode is brought to you by Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, a tasty, versatile spirit. 
Created in Chicago in 2012, the product was born out of a need for a bespoke iteration of the Old Tom style, which is the slightly sweeter predecessor to London Dry. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin carries classic notes of orange peel, juniper, and coriander while balancing on a subtle floral edge thanks to the addition of osmanthus blossoms. Its elevated proof is suitable in cocktails or unadorned. Scofflaw Old Tom Gin, complete your bar. What is the hierarchy within the grocery store? Um, like, what's each position? So it's me that kind of just is at is at the top, right? Kind of just oversee uh, as many things as I can. Um, I have a great butcher, um, uh, Patrick, who does a great job with our um, with our meat department. Uh, we do a whole animal from Slagle. Yeah, that's um, a funny story, actually. Oh, Tim has heard. Yeah, didn't you? poach him from was it whole foods or something the patrick yeah so he had that, that wasn't even a story but i'm curious to hear this story he, too. Oh. <laughs> he, had, he had left whole foods okay right yeah. so i didn't poach him from whole foods um he had left after the the transition that whole foods was going through um so he's been us with us he's one of the guys that during the pandemic um he, i mean he was there you know all day every day um you know, forever indebted to him and the work that, that, that he did in the meat department because that's what customers really needed. Yeah. Right? Were you with Slagle at the time? We were with Slagle. Okay. We were with Slagle. Um, and, you know, we usually do like three quarters, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, three sides of a cow um, every week. You know, we were pushing five, six, whatever they can get. You know, speaking of like Greg had so much bread during because he wasn't serving, you know, oh, serving yeah. the restaurants. I was taking three, 300 loaves of bread from Greg every single day. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> and he texted me. He's like, Costa, I have a lot of bread, right? <laughs> like all the restaurants are closed. Can you take them? I was like, Greg, I'll see what I can do for you. Just send me whatever you want every single day until I tell you to stop. Right. And a <laughs> truck would show up uh, with just Where'd endless you put amount it of bread. I, you find spots like yeah. on top of coolers, on top, you know, uh, bread racks you just drop the bread racks aesthetic wasn't really important to us at the point yeah, at that yeah. point it was just more like getting the stuff to the customer right we were doing like 300 loaves of of bread not to mention the stuff that we were just you know the conventional stuff mm -hmm. um every single day for about two and a half two and a half weeks um so yeah uh patrick in the meat department he runs the show um Nico, who is really in charge of a lot of things in the store, um, if you ever have a question about especially wine, he'll know, you know how to answer it, um, kind of fit your needs. He won't just tell you this is good because I like it. He asks you, like, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a full body? Are you looking for more juicy, dry? What are you looking for? Um, so, you know, a lot of credit goes to him. Um, and to, you know, what the store looks like now, it's, it's, because, of, it's because of him. John, who is in charge of my entire produce section, right, which is the most important part of the store, right? It's the entry. It, it yeah, is. You walk it is it. the entry. Yeah. Um, and then within that, there's like you know department heads um, that that I have. You know, Dave in the deli does does a great job for us. And then I have front end supervisors. Um, so the biggest thing is though we work we work together, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, if anybody has an idea, I'm not. You know, saying no. Patrick has an idea every week for. I'm thinking about making the sausage. All right, Patrick, go knock yourself out. Get you know whatever it is. You know, just let me know where you want to price it at. You know, and then I'll I'll just okay it. But 
there's a lot of autonomy in the store, right? And are you the one that hires and interviews all yeah, your staff? Yeah, I am. And I how am. do you hire? It seems like you've got a great team. How did you make that happen? Yeah, so... It, Anyone whose mom signed them up for a job without their permission... <laughs> got a few of those. Got a few of those. Talk to my mom about yeah. that. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing... It, I don't even really look for experience in, in a lot of aspects. I just, you know, you kind of trust your, your intuition at that point when you're interviewing yeah. someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for people that are going to just buy into the culture of the, to the culture of fresh marketplace. And there's just a lot of intangibles that I'm, that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's really just a customer service oriented. So I just kind of, in my interview process, there's a lot of questions that I, give scenarios and like, how would you handle this? You know, how would you handle that? A customer forgets their groceries, you know, on the register, they call, what do you do? Do you tell them, okay, we'll leave it on the side for you. You can come pick them up. That's good service. What's great service. Great service is, you know, getting your ass in the car and taking the groceries to the customer, right? Don't make them come back. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm that I'm looking for, right? Yeah. I can teach anybody how to slice in the deli or how to be a cashier, but the intangibles, there's not a lot of things that you can teach. You kind of are, are looking for. You just gave a great pro tip for Melissa. She can just pretend that she yeah, left her groceries and, and they're like, all right, we'll drive it out to you. She's like, yeah, I'm in. Listen, I, live, I live an hour. <laughs> Melissa's, <laughs> Melissa's VIP with me. She can, she can do whatever she wants. She can text me. I'll drive two hours to get her whatever she well, wants. What was your meat counter thing, Danny? What did you think he was talking oh, about? I was going to tell a funny story about how the service yeah. is actually above and beyond in, in some in a very funny way that happened to me. Yeah. One time uh, I was making some ribs for a cookbook club. And so I got my ribs over there. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and so I get this uh, slab of baby back ribs and I go home and unbeknownst to me, the, like the, the silver skin has been taken off the back, which okay. is great service. Sure. Um, but I didn't know that. So the next, you know, at a couple of hilarious hours of like troubleshooting, like how do I remove? Danny this, was trying this to part? remove a membrane that had yeah, already mem- been removed. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> Got membrane it, yeah. from the it's back. It's kind of hard ribs. to remove yeah, that when yeah. it's ready. <laughs> yeah. So, so I have to give you my personal number, and just, <laughs> yeah. you, you just text me when you have questions like that, or uh, you know what the. Hell's but the going funny on? thing is, because I had called, and then the person who answered was like, "Yeah, we we don't remove that," but the yeah. person was giving great service. They yeah. did remove it, right? And I had no right. idea, so right. it was like a very yeah. funny. I have, I have a meat question. So my dad yeah. lives out in Harvard, out in the country, and yeah. he, there's a farmer who like came and he's like, he's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, um, I could uh, mow your pasture and I'll bale it up for you, um, you know, and I'll keep the hay or whatever. But it's like, cool. And it's like this young guy, he's kind of yeah. moved out to the country, he's getting things going on his farm. And he came back and he's like, hey, you know, I've, I've got goats for sale. Uh, are you interested in like a whole goat? My dad's like, yeah, cool. You know, wants to support the guy. And uh, he's like, okay, cool. We're going to slaughter it at six months. Yeah. And uh, so my dad's like waiting for this goat. And I'm like hitting up Zaragoza. I'm like, hey, we're going to have a full goat. Like yeah, what yeah, recipe yeah, yeah. shoot? We're getting excited. <laughs> and uh, then like. Jonathan. He's one of my best customers. <laughs> and then great, like a couple dude, weeks yeah. ago, um, I met my dad's and, he, and he's like, he's like, well, I got my goat. And he's like, it's about 10 pounds of meat. <laughs> he's like, he was pissed. <laughs> Yeah. How much meat should he have gotten from a six-month-old that, goat? Yeah, that's it, what was the <laughs> original. What was well, it is? But like, I don't know, know who's it's, more qualified, it's not, right? But what's <laughs> I mean, what was the original? I was it like what was the original weight of the goat? 
I, well, I have no idea. Yeah. So I mean, if it was like you know, but it was like I, he spent like three hundred and fifty dollars. I think it was like he was like three hundred for the meat and then like fifty for the uh, labor to like to slaughter separate, it and you know yeah. separate it into the cuts and stuff. But he like. He got it. I saw it on the counter. It was like this little tiny cooler. So he paid my, 30 bucks a pound. My dad was living. And I'm like, Dad, you <laughs> yeah, did this to like support me. this farmer. Sure, like, why are sure. you going to He's like, but still. He's like, I had plans for this goat. It, it, yeah, but it, it sounds like the... Man. Yeah, it sounds like you should have had a little bit more of a yield. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, if I was bringing a whole goat in six lamb, months, the right amount of like is... How old was the goat? It's it almost like a suckling goat at that point. Yeah, like was it too young? to be i mean what's the deal no i mean listen i within the greek community we want you know when we do our 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 lamb for easter we the younger the better right and you can kind of tell when you know the the lamb has kind of aged a little bit past its prime right we're looking for like baby lamb at that point that's Mm. you know months we're talking about six months might okay. be a little bit pushing it too so yeah i guess that's not I was trying yeah to blame it on the six months so. so no it's 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 not that you should have just gotten a little bit more of a yield on yeah. It. yeah the yield wasn't too uh the guy too was great, like 10 pounds for me 10, 10 pounds, pounds but like dad. if it was like a 50 pound or a 40 pound goat i mean 25 uh, percent that's you is know, that a rule uh, fourth yeah 20 no no i'm i'm, I'm trying to He's do the saying math that that's here. what 25 percent yeah. is just not is not good is not oh good. yeah yeah okay no, definitely not my good. dad got screwed for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, tom dude. is getting <laughs> pranked <laughs> yeah that I, tom gonna call me next time yeah, <laughs> yeah. tom gonna call me this time we'll work out the math here yeah uh was it good at the most? Yeah, was it tasty? Was it worth? I, I think it's still in the freezer. I don't think he's done anything oh, with it yet. That, he gave yeah. half to an employee. I know that he had promised to him, and he was like, "I knew he's like pissed to give that half away because he yeah, had nothing yes. to begin with." He got five pounds left. You it know, could be like Wagyu or something at this point. Yeah, yeah, Possibly. for that much. Money. It better be. Yeah. It better be. <laughs> so you you talked about the um, the razor thin margins. Yeah. Um, for pricing, do you get MSRPs from the vendors? Is it like this is what we want to see the pricing at? You do. You yeah. You you do not not all the time. I think that's kind of dated now. Okay. In in but, grocery, but you know, like again, I very loosely know in the spirits yeah. world, it's like the brand won't give you the supplier won't give you the stuff if you're going to sell it for X amount of dollars. So is there yeah. something like that that happens in the food world? Yeah, so like a suggested retail. Yeah, so thing. a lot of uh, the MSRPs we get is on um, our in like our bakery section, right? So like, you know the you know the the big uh, bread purveyors, right? The Rosens of the world and the Aunt Millies of the world, the Pepperidge Farm guys. Those guys really just tag their price on the bread, so you really you don't have a choice, right? Um, but to sell it at that you know, at that price, right? So they kind of dictate, exactly. So they kind of dictate what you have to price it at. And if you didn't want to sell it at that, you wouldn't bring on that bread. Exactly, exactly. So, but, you know, with bread, you know, the margins, again, you have, what, uh, six, seven days to sell it at best, right? You have to push it out. So you can't really make the margin on on bread because you don't want to throw it out either, right? You have to Mm -hmm. sell it, right? Um, Same thing with, like, a company like Frito-Lay, um, they have um, prices printed, printed on, on the yeah. bags. Too, Interesting, right? So these big, you know, corporate, you know, company these these big corporate guys they they tell us they they don't tell us. I mean, they don't ask us. They tell us like you need to price it at this, and you have no other choice. 
Yeah, I think what's stra- like <clears throat> in the example of publican quality bread. Yeah. If you got a loaf in and you're like, people are willing to pay $30 a loaf for a Pullman loaf. And then Greg or publican finds yeah. out and then yeah. they're like, what, hey, they what are you pissed? doing? Like you're kind of messing with our brand or vice no, versa. Like you're no selling doubt. it for like a quarter and it's a loss leader and you're making their brand. brand no doubt. Cheap. I mean, yeah, perception is everything. You, you have to, um, when I, you know, for the example, when I talked to Greg to bring the bread in, he gave me an idea. Like this is what I'm selling it to. This is what I've seen it sold around. And he gives me like this range, right? It's either between $5.99 and $7.99 on the sourdough. This is where I've seen it. Like this is kind of like the higher end. And then he tells me this is what I would sell it at, right? Um, and, um, you know, those kind of things, because it's such a, it's a high end product to begin with, you can't, you know, make the margin that you want to make on, on bread like that. Hmm. Right. Um, you also risk, you know, Greg telling you, I'm not selling you my bread anymore. Yeah. Okay. So it's a relationship. Right. Absolutely. Right. Which I don't, which I don't want either because a lot of customers come in to get, you know, the best bread. Yeah. Right? So it seems like bread is a low margin item. Right, yeah, what is the sure. highest margin item? Produce, right? Okay. Produce. Anything that the customer is not willing to do um, at their home is where grocery stores capitalize, meaning like cut fruits, right? Mm. Cut vegetables, right? I always uh, tell my wife, chop, don't, don't yeah. get the cut watermelon. Right. Cut watermelon. Get the watermelon. Like, anything we'll, that they I'll just... cut it at home. Right. Exactly. <laughs> anything that the customer just, you know, is All looking right, for I like see. convenience, those are, you know, high margin uh, items for the store, right? Produce in general is where grocery stores make the most money. In. Yeah. yeah. Is that because that has the shortest um, shelf life too? How well, do you manage loss and... and yeah. Um, great. Uh, great question. You are you are getting about less than like a we're running right now from the last quarter that I uh, calculated running at about five percent waste, which is not bad. Oh wow, yeah, that doesn't right? seem bad That's at all. Yeah, which is so not bad. When produce starts to turn, or you feel like you can't sell it anymore. Yeah, we're just going in the trash. We we pull it, we donate it, right? Um, uh, if if we can, if it's still good, we I have contacts around the city that I can just give it away. Um, yeah, and that's that's. So you're never sitting do. on it. Like, what am I gonna do? We're not, and really, because we're we're just one store, we know how much to buy. You know, yeah, you've got the pars we, dialed. We in. got it. Like the pars are just on point. Unless there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the the pars then were you know you would order the maximum amount. the maximum amount, and you know vendors would tell you like I can't give you ten pallets of of rice right now. Yeah. Like, but I need ten he's like, so does everybody else in the city. Yeah. And you're right? like, Yeah, but I'm your best you're friend. Right. What exactly. was the hardest thing to get at that time? Uh, flour. Flour. Yeah. Right? Flour. Everybody was making bread yeah. at home. Yeah, yeah. Flour. So it's Greg's w- fault. <laughs> with with flour, I was contacting like restaurant restaurant purveyors and they were giving me a hundred bag pound bags of flour and I was just putting it in a three pound bag myself, right? Or a five pound bag myself. So, you know, one day I show up, there's, there's 150 pound bags of flour in my receiving area, right? Um, um, we're talking about thousands of pounds of, you know, of, of flour. We repurposed it. I think it was gone in like a week. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. People wanted flour and they didn't care. At that point, they didn't care about the brand or if it was organic. Yeah. They just wanted like an all purpose flour. Mm-hmm. So right? I couldn't get it. So I had to contact restaurant guys. 
like what do you have you i know you're not service you know the restaurants yeah. are closed they're not they're not needing it like give it to me and i'll you know i'll repurpose it i'll i'll put a label on it and yeah and what, I'll are, sell it. what are other products like i know like nuts and candy those are other things where you probably buy in bulk and then yes you break yes, it up absolutely bulk is really bulk and private label is where groceries make, make the most money. money nowadays now if you see like the big box guys they're all kind of converting to their own private yeah, vertical label. integration exactly exactly started so, by trader joe's yeah yeah they're pineers right mm-hmm. uh, pioneers now you're seeing like the likes of whole foods with yeah, you know 365, 365 yeah. and kroger brands and, and mariana like that's where you know they're they're capitalizing they get you know they get in contact with the guys from general mills and they say i want our own cereal could be the same cereal, yeah, same that, but they're just redoing the box for them. Yeah. They're slapping their name on it, and then here you are. You know, yeah. sometimes you can tell by looking at the box, right, where it's packaged oh, or whatever. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah. The, all these, uh, anything that's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of vendors approach me, like we can do private label for you, your own pasta, your own this, and these are big companies, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're just we don't do private label yet, but you know, it's something that we're we're talking, we're thinking about. But it just really has to make sense. Yeah. So what's the, uh, I guess, would you hit the MOQs with just two locations? Um, or just, I guess, one main That's location? a minimum yeah. order quantity. Yeah. Minimum so, order quantity. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're in the works of looking for an, another location in order for us to be just more competitive. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, even if our store, you know, the one on Western in particular, even if it does an obscene amount of sales for, for, for vendors, they still only give us pricing based on one location, right? Um, so that's the struggle that, you know, that we live in every single day. Um, as a small guy within, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, walking among the giants in the industry. Um, so we want to be able to kind of uh, expand and just be a little bit more more competitive people yeah. don't know gro- independent grocers make up around 25 to 30 percent of of the industry right hmm. um and that's thanks to a lot of like that's new york chicago they have a, an independent grocery scene you know but i've traveled i've been to other cities there there's big box and that's it there aren't yeah. a lot of independent grocers. piggly wigglies right right yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah <laughs> Um, what are the who are the giants in Chicago? I mean, Kroger bought Mariano's five, seven. It was, it was about ago, five years ago. Like yeah, yeah, about two years before the pandemic. Um, you know, uh, talking to customers is you know they still talk to me about going to Mariano's. You know, mm-hmm. when when they can't, and Trader Joe's has really taken a, a a big bite out of that that apple for sure because of their private label and what they've done and all these you know, cool and trendy products and they're very popular on Instagram and they do a really good job marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, like Whole Foods is, 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 is Whole Foods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but we don't compete with those guys. <clears throat> yeah. Right. You know, so, we, we don't. Yeah. yeah. Um, a quick pricing question. Yeah. Um, since we're, you know, we're going to get specific kind of here. on the, on the topic, but can't give away all my secrets. <laughs> yeah. We know that the, the margins are, you know, razor thin. Yeah. But, to uh, to someone who doesn't know like me, yeah. you're selling such a high volume of products on a weekly yeah. basis. Like, how do you know what the market will bear? Like in my mind, I'm like, just make everything like five cents more, and then 
you make yeah. you know five, five cents more you close in a week right <laughs> yeah like, how, yeah, like it's the same it's like so hard to wrap my Shapiro's mind around that. Going so down. how does that happen Listen, like people notice in, that everything's like cost one nickel more and they're like we're never shopping here again yeah the, it's within the industry grocers work within a margin some some grocers work within like a 25 to 30 other stores you know depending on their rent and their overhead they go closer to like 35 maybe even 40 right so that's that's your window 25 to 40 25 to 40 right you know 25 percent um is where you would put items that are what we call competitive items oh that's sorry that's per item correct yes got it not the overall yeah no 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 (laughs) because i was like this is pretty good it costs money to open the doors every day that's for sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah, 25 percent i'd be yeah (laughs) yeah i'd be on a beach somewhere that's for sure (laughs) it's like i need to switch into the grocery yeah yeah no no um so the you know the margins in the aisles where customers memorize how much Hellman's mayo is, right? They know right around the, the price point or the, 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 the salt and the, uh, and the cereal. Those are items that customers just kind of hmm. know what they're willing to pay or what, you know, Mariano's has it and what, you know, Target might have it for, you know. So you really can't make the money on, on items like that. Right, because you need to be competitive. If I'm selling Hellman's Mayo for ten dollars and they're getting it at Target for six, they're looking at me and me being the face of the store. Right, hey Costa, why are you making so much money on uh, on Hellman's Mayo? <laughs> when in reality, I'm getting you know ten cases a week versus you know ten truckloads you know for yeah. for all of Target. Right, so it's to scale, but I can't explain that to to customers, <laughs> and nor should they really try to understand yeah. it. Right, um, odds are, you know I'm still four dollars more expensive on the shelf. So on items like that, you really can't make, like, I think I'm making negative margin on Hellman's Mail. So it's right like now. a loss leader. Yeah, yeah. Just to have it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I need to, yeah. right? You can't have a store People without it, yeah. Hellman's Mail. Yeah. No matter how boutique or high-end you, you are. Cupy Mayo, I've seen that. Cupy Mayo is, is, yeah, is great. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's just the, the Mayo game. Just in general, the <laughs> condiment. The, mayo game, the, the yeah. condiment game is just out of, the wor- out of this world. I can't keep up. Yeah. With all the cool stuff that has well, come I saw, out. Yeah, you had that olive oil like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. You um, know what I, olive yeah, oil I'm talking exactly, about, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the Graza olive oil, yeah. which is absolutely on fire because they do a great job on Instagram. It's like trough and all that right, shit. Ex- yeah. a- absolutely, right? And it's still cool. What they need to do is they need to be careful because it won't be cool if it if they get too big too fast right right yeah, right the trendy ones the scarcity are interesting. Is absolutely their like if i go to if you know if i go to walmart and i see that olive oil now now it's like i get it yeah, you guys did what you can yeah. you know for your business but it's not cool anymore yeah right um and that's like the struggle that they you know they have to deal with you know it's a trip i mean it it's is like funny it because is. i have to just trust Obviously, you know, sure. a million percent more than I do. But in my mind, I just, it's like, I have a hard time believing that if I love going to a fresh market, yeah, that if things all of a sudden were, I mean, I doubt I, I mean, I think the assumption that everyone's going to notice is also strange, but yeah, I'm mean, but elasticity, and, Danny. And, and they do, right? There are, there's customers and that's, and that's like, what I it think is. I pay attention to that stuff, but I think that it has to like be a significant enough hike for me to be like, whoa, sure. Like whoa, what happened? Whoa, right. Yeah. If it's, you know, 20 cents here and, and I get that. Right. 
But there are customers, and and that's the struggle of an independent grocer because when a price goes up at Whole Foods, who are you telling? I call Bezos. Do you call it personal, <laughs> right? Yeah, you have his personal. Well, yeah. I honestly like don't like to shop at Whole Foods because of what you, the example you gave before. Sure. Like there are things that other stores have for much less uh, money. Of yeah. course. And I'm like, of you know course. what? I'm done. Sure. I'm just done with this. But, I, but I am too. I I'm happy to support you. And I and because I that makes me that. like I get that in my mind I justify it like independent grocer. I like what they're doing. Sure. It's even more convenient to where I live. I appreciate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but like that's, with that's Whole Foods, too. yeah, it's like. But who do you tell though? Like, even if you're not going to Whole Foods, if you're going to a big box guy, if you're going into a Walgreens or whatever, and they're saying this price went up, who are you telling? You're not telling anyone, right? Yeah. Because you know, like, there is no one. There to is tell. no one to tell. <laughs> Here at the store, they can find uh, my manager Nico or or John or, or me and say, like what's going on? Like, why did this go up $3? And you have to give them an answer. Why do you have all gold teeth now? Right. Like, <laughs> the two related? They have a double grill. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> it was a gift. I found it. <laughs> this episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. <laughs> the store is very beautiful, and I think you want to um, portray... A feeling of abundance when you walk into a yeah. store while still maintaining your inventory level. Yeah. What's the strategy between behind um, store design and yeah. layout? Oh man, aesthetic is everything. Though. Yeah, a- aesthetic is, is everything. And I'll give you guys a little bit of. Uh, obviously, we're we're in the middle of rebranding, mm. r- and now so um, th- the aesthetic changes are going to be um, very important to this this rebrand, right? Um, you know, grocery stores are not like the 1980s, 1990s stores where people just walk in. They they want to have and, and kind of see like, you know, the 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 drop ceiling and and uh, the lighting that's just looks like a hospital. Like those days are gone. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. to spend money. I think on Whole the design Foods, of your to store. give them credit since I just ripped them. But they kind of pioneered, pioneered the, like having right. a beer or a glass a- of wine absolutely. while you're shopping, absolutely. making it more experiential. Sure, and that's not really who we are, but they started that, and they yeah. also to give them even more credit, right? They started a local game. Yeah. Like they're the ones that started local. Now it's such a big buzzword. Like it's local, it's local. And that means you have to buy it, but they started all that. So I I mean, they were definite pioneers in the game. They changed grocery for sure. Right. You know, but in terms of, uh, of the design, it's gotta be not only welcoming, but it's gotta have that. It's gotta have that factor, like that awe inspiring kind of like, wow, this is beautiful in here. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it can't be all about design because that can only get you so far. Mm-hmm. Just like a product on the shelf that looks beautiful, but it it's not too good. You probably won't buy it again, right? So there's other elements, but the first time you're buying a product, it's because it, it looks the way that it looks, right? The packaging is there. It's the same kind of thing with grocery. It's like you you want to show your customer you're, you're reinvesting and making it the best possible experience, right? It's so competitive and you really need to stand out. And, you know, the design of the store is so important thankfully again you know and nico really does all the design in the store um and 
you know, we're really excited to kind of roll out like the, the, the new aesthetic of the store come, you know, after the holidays. Um, you know, and, and layout is important too. Like you're always walking into what department when you walk into any grocery store, yeah, right? Correct. For the most part, yeah. you're walking into the produce, right? That's, that's grocery 101, you know? Um, most of the time they're here to buy veggies, fruits, et cetera, right? So you, you want to get them, you know, kind of, Except for that Mariano's on Chicago note, I think about it. That, yeah, that, that's an exception. That's exactly to that, 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 that specific Mariano's like, is, an, is, an ex, is an exception. Is an exception. That's they do an have interesting an entrance layout. by the produce, but nobody goes they in go, there. Yeah, exactly. That's an exception that yeah. Chicago that Mar- funny, that Mariano's. It yeah. is a funny one because yeah. you're like, where yeah. am I? You're but like, that's Dominic's right fault because that was a Dominic's. Yes. Yeah, but you know, they could have done a better job. Anyway, anyway, but yeah, the the layout and the design too, and just kind of like the flow of the store where the customers need to be and where to put, you know, the milk and eggs and where to put the meat and the, the science in the grocery is, it's definitely there. Are there independent consultants you work with for stuff like that? So I haven't worked with any independent consultants. Um, a lot of it has just been trial and error mm-hmm. over 20 years yeah. um, in the business. And a lot of it is really just looking at what other guys are doing too, yeah. right? I mean, you you, you want to know who you like, who your competitors are, what are they doing, what's working, what's not. Um, you know, we we definitely look at where customers walk through the most in the store, right? Um, you what know, and where they're not, areas? and where they're not walking yeah. through, and you know, how do we get them there, and what do we have to put there to get them to walk through this aisle? Right. Can I guess the high traffic and low traffic? Please. Areas? Yeah. Yeah. I would guess that back. I would guess the deli wall yeah. is high traffic by the dairy. Mm-hmm. And I would guess low traffic is the alcohol corner. So the alcohol corner. And you're right, because that is that is the last stop of the store. Um, and the customer really has to walk through the entire store to get to to the liquor. Mm-hmm. Right. But we also know a little bit. Listen to this. Right. We also know that customers coming in. And wine is on their list, or beer is on their list, right? So they're gonna find it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're gonna they're gonna find it. Yeah. Is it the yeah? It's the least walk through area, but it's also in a point where they're it's it's it, they're gonna come and look for it, right? Um, and it's a it's a small little corner there too, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's it, there's items that you don't mind them looking for because they're gonna find them. Right. You don't put bananas right when you walk in. Right. Yeah. It's just they're going to look for the bananas. They're going to find the bananas. Hmm. Right. Avocado is the same thing. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, you really have to position things where it makes sense for them to see as many products as they can by the time they get to this staple item. Right. In, in the makes grocery sense. store. Right. So in 20 years, yeah. I'm assuming there have been some products that have that you've been very excited about bringing yeah. on that have disappointed you and some products that you were maybe reluctant to bring on that have just like far exceeded expectations. Do you have some stories? Um, with, with products? Oh, oh yeah, f- for sure. Um, or even trends, like things that were hot that no one buys anymore, et cetera. Yeah, so um, Chili Crunch, for one thing, right, yeah. is, is an item that was hot about a year ago, right? Um, and I brought in a ton of them, like yeah, different Yeah, you have brands. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. The, I have the, the, the Shy Lee yeah, ones, which yeah. is a Chicago guy, which does a, a great job. But I brought in like six, seven different, you chili know, crisps, chili, yeah. chili, you know, chili crisps, right? People were putting out everything and it was Instagram. And that, 
the amount of space that I allocated to that section of the store, that really disappointed me because it was very popular on Instagram, but I found that although it was moving, it wasn't moving as well for yeah. me to give it the amount of space that I that I did. And that's where following trends is really it, tricky, it, it, yeah. it's tricky, right? Yeah, like you trap. see it on Instagram, but you know, you, you see it on TikTok and things are going viral, but it doesn't mean now you have to change the whole layout of your of your grocery mm-hmm. section to throw it in there, right? Um, an item that we, you know, we just, you know, condiments right now, sauces, anything like that is absolutely on fire. You can't miss with those, right? Mm. And there's, what are the popular ones? Um, so any kind of like sauce, right? Like on a sandwich sauce, like a like a special sauce from like a Sir Kensington or. Mm-hmm. Your mama's make a good one or Stonewall Kitchen, aiolis. Those things are absolutely on fire. Hmm. What's right? the we reason? Cannot, you know, I, I think I, I think it's just like the flavor profile, right, yeah. that people are looking for. You know, when and, and they're so versatile, right? You can put them on a sandwich. You can put them on a burger. You can put them on, you know, a side of fries, whatever it may be. But people are really into those kind of items and i'd be good for our next cookbook club yeah i just see it as extra calories <laughs> no yeah, i love best, that no i love part. that you're a sauce guy part. danny 100 yeah I, okay. I and i'm always like oh a new sauce like this could be great uh, on a certain sauce or whatever, one yeah. thing and 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 people in my life always give me you know Tim a crap about it with nothing on it i hate a dry sandwich don't spread don't spread that rumor i don't need people thinking he's like make it drier please um and my my house my fridge is almost nearly empty all the time i have some bottles of water but i always have like a sauce in there heck yeah. like at least four or five different types of sauce yeah. aiolis i Same, love yeah. that kind of stuff Same. right so it, it, it's just it's a if i would allocate 30 feet of condiments in my in the store all they, they would all fly it's still not enough that and snacks like chips yeah. have really taken off chips so good really taken off not like the ones that we grew up on i'm talking about like there's there are a million thousands of brands brands out there that you know you can dedicate so much space with to right in the store um so snacks and condiments are items that i constantly bring in and it never surprises me that they that they fly right yeah for sure one thing we haven't gotten to we talked a little bit about vertical integration but what about uh prepared foods you've got that section is that uh i gotta assume that's, yeah. that's a higher margin thing as well it, it is but it's also high high spoils yeah you know like you know you have three days fresh. you have three four days to sell something right then you gotta text 417 people exactly like hey this. guys the you know the sandwiches <laughs> that we made are on sale like i'll have a fire sale on them and start the bids here um yeah text know, me anytime yeah you know, <laughs> come so and eat whatever is left over prepared foods is something that's really important to grocery nowadays and I understand it, we still, I'm still not one to fully implement it into the store. One, because of our size, one, because of the staff that it takes to really do a good job, mm-hmm. you know, and the talent you have to bring on, right? Um, and, you know, we tried a few things, they didn't work for us, um, but maybe on the less, next location, we'll, we'll do a little bit more prepared foods, but yeah, it's extremely high margin on things like that salads sandwiches wraps you know anything that you make in house that you can sell yeah you're working like 
you know, restaurant style margins at that point. Right. Yeah. You already have the chefs coming in. Why don't you do some collaboration? Yeah, that's <laughs> trust me. Like, uh, you know, I've I've talked to, to Mindy Siegel um, a few times about it. Um, you know, we're hopefully we're going to sell some of her products this um, this winter. Um, you know, Billy Z always talks to me about doing a collaboration um, yeah. at Fresh Marketplace. I know he was a guest over here and he's he's great. Um, so, yeah, collaborations, I guess, is something that's that's next because we definitely do have the the, the chef celebs that, that come into the store all the time. Um, and uh, we've developed these relationships with them. Um, it's just about finding the time and finding the, you know, and executing it the right way. Because if you don't, it could be bad for business. It could be a business. flop. It could yeah. be it could bad, be bad for, for their brand, too. too. Right. Like, I remember Mindy yeah. did a pop-up at our store before Mindy's Bakery opened up. The line was like three blocks away. And I was like, Mindy, crazy. you got to come every weekend. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, no, I got my own thing going on. I was like, yeah, I know, but it's really good for business here, you know? So... Collaborations are important. Um, you know, there there aren't many collabs that chefs do with grocery stores, yeah. right? Um, but we definitely have developed those relationships, and hopefully, we can get something something going for sure. Yeah. Um, ASAP. That would be that would be great. Cool. All right. Well, if there are no other pressing issues or things that we haven't gotten to, uh, we would like to move into the gratuity round with oh, you. Oh, great. We'd like to great. cordially invite you to the gratuity round. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Danny. Yes, Tim. Question of the Bronca varieties. Is that all right? It's totally cool with me. They are one of our sponsors after all. Terrific. Okay, the sponsor is Bronca International. That is the company. Yes. Fernet. So what's Fernet then? Fernet is the style of Amaro that they originated in 1845. Okay. So that style, Fernet, is basically a mentholated, punchier, so it's like higher proof and it's a mintier version of Amaro. Okay. I get that. It's a minty punch. Yep, and it has since spawned many imitators. Got it. And those also go by the name Fernet, but they're not Fernet. Bronca. Right. Bronca is the name of the distillery, Fratelli Bronca. So it's Fernet Bronca. I got it. That's all. Okay. Can we get back to the show now? Yes, sir. What's your death row meal? Oh, easy. That's easy, right? So I'm Greek, right? Like an authentic Greek gyro, right? Okay. Um, Where's the best place to get one? In in Chicago? Yeah. Okay. So if you're looking for authentic and people think that gyro is made from from lamb and 90% of the Greek restaurants make their gyro from lamb, it's not. It's pork. It's pork shoulder. That's how we make an authentic Greek gyro, right? Um, Andros Taverna makes the best gyro that I've had wow. in the city. Yes. Yeah, it's huh. and it's not that's even that's like a dinner time here, right? And they're it, not open right. during lunch. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not even close. So wow. they do a great, great job. Um huh. I order it like once a week at the store. Um and it's like it, for pickup? Yeah, uh, like I door dash it, right? Oh, right? Or Uber eats it. Um it's great. They do a great job. Hmm. Um so an authentic Greek gyro for sure. Um Fried chicken would be is is on my list. Uh, Nal Cheval, uh trip uh, double right with with bacon mm-hmm. uh, would be great. The bacon's and they, so good. Oh my, come on, stop. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dude, where's where's the fried chicken coming from? Do you have a, do you have a spot? 
best fried chicken. Um, so there's there's a, a couple spots that I go um, to get my uh, fried chicken. Like Art of Chicken is right across the street from us. Yeah. Right. They oh, do yeah. a, they do a nice job. I'm I'm going in there getting uh, getting their fried chicken. Um, you know, and there's sometimes where I'm just like walking into a, a Popeyes and getting their fried chicken. Right, it's hard like, to beat. It, it it really is. Yeah. Like, it really is with their biscuits too. Like I guess we my guilty well. pleasure once in a while. Yeah. That's that's for sure. And yeah. mine too. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. that we should lead into what's your favorite fast food? Does that take the cake? Fast food. I, you know, I'm a big I'm a big burger guy. Right. So like, who has like the best burger, like Red Hot Ranch in the neighborhood makes a great burger. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's a great a, one. A, a, a Culver's makes a great burger too. Go. Yeah, um, never heard of it. Superior, <laughs> superior to In and Out. Culver, you'd have to say, right? Yeah, In and Out. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah, it's not that good. I'm not the Culver's. biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a butter burger from Culver's is yes. great. Um, it's like us. Nice. Just twisting the knife. Yeah, yeah. Danny's uh, an In and Out guy. He's yeah, I grew up in LA. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, In and Out is it's good. I it's mean, the product of trauma. He's yeah, yeah, you know yeah. using it for something. The, the Stop Along makes a great burger. Too. I've been dying to have that. Burger. I still haven't had it either. Stop we need to go do that. Good. Yeah. Stop Along makes a great burger. Why don't you stop along there on the way to the farm instead of just going yeah. home? Maybe. Perfect. Yeah. I'm not opposed. Taylor, to the owner, shops at the store too. Like he's a great guy. I highly recommend. Just tell um, Shane, just make up an excuse. For sure. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when yeah, she yeah. hears the sound. So anything uh, where I can get like, never like, a, like a good burger or like an authentic Greek gyro, that's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. That's great. Sure. All right. What is your favorite hidden gem restaurant? In Glenview, there's a restaurant called Platia. I don't know if you know it. Mm. If you're mm-hmm. looking for, again, pushing wow. the Greek narrative here, it is the best Greek food in Chicago, maybe the best Greek food I've had outside of Pistaria. Pistaria is good too, right? I would say that's on the tier right below it, right? Wow. But Platia is no reservations. They got the cutest patio in the back. Hmm. The best Greek potatoes I've ever wow. had. That includes my mother, right? Um, <laughs> Don't tell her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just uh, payback for legit. her signing payback, up for a yeah. job that you didn't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a way, it worked out for yeah. me. So thanks, Seems mom. Like it did, I yeah. appreciate it. Um, <laughs> this is a good tip. We got to check this Platia out. Yeah, yeah is is, is a great. Plus. Tip. I put so many customers on. I've taken customers there, and they all just they love it. So if you guys are in that area, it is the best Greek food. I'll go out Authentic of my way for Greek that. food. It's not like fusion. It's like straight up. It's just straight up Greek food. Great service, no reservation, but they always find a way to seat you within like fifteen minutes. Nice. Even though it's packed Wednesday night, packed Thursday night, packed. I mean every mm. every night busy. It looks legit. I'm looking Great at the right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is by far my the the hidden gem for sure. That is a true hidden gem. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good one. It's off Danny's radar. Yeah. All right. What's your favorite cocktail? So. One thing that people know about me is I'm not much of a drinker, right? Um, I am a sucker for like a good gin and tonic, Mm -hmm. right? I do trend more to like drinking wine when I go out, right? Um, But like you can't go wrong with like a a gin and tonic, especially in the summertime, you know, absolutely. A big gin and tonic with some botanicals in there? That's big. Absolutely. Absolutely. Any follow-up questions on that? No, that's great. He's got it. Okay. Locked in. (laughs) 
Uh, what is your best selling product? I assume that changes, but is there is there something there where it's just yeah. like this one yeah. is always so gonna be up there? Per per dollar amount, right? Um, if we wanna just go to sales, right? It's uh center cut salmon mm-hmm. is the number one uh, item in, in the entire store. Has right? it always been? It has for the last couple of years, and the reason is if like if people are just are buying expensive. seafood. Not really. It's oh, not. Right. If you people, said by it, dollar amount. But, but like by sale. By sale. Yeah, no, no, right? no, no. I gotcha. So if if people are getting seafood, they're most likely in Chicago, they're probably gonna get salmon. So we sell a lot of salmon, right? Avocados is number two, mm-hmm. right? And Topo Chico twelve packs is number is the number three selling wow. item in the store. I don't think yeah. I would have guessed any of those. Yeah. Double Chico, Double yeah. Chico, twelve packs. I could have. I mean, avocado. Like now that you say per, it, because of volume, sure, sense. for sure. But I think the center cut salmon is so specific. Obviously, yeah. we would not have guessed that. Yeah, but, yeah. But I think the salmon point is interesting because I feel like my intake of salmon has increased like a thousandfold since yeah. I moved to Chicago sure. fourteen years ago. A- exactly right. You Which know. like I never put that together. I never thought like, oh, we're in Chicago. People yeah, eat yeah. a lot of salmon if they're eating seafood. But a- exactly. We just exactly. had that salmon ceviche. There's like a lot of salmon yeah. somehow. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, no, trust me. I, I didn't like blowing you know, my mind. It is blowing my mind off how how much we're selling. <laughs> but like the Topo Chico uh, twelve packs is an item where I just I can't believe how much we sell that stuff, right? Like it beats LaCroix. Just the unflavored, yeah. not the lime. Just the just un- the, it just is a great I mean, it's great. It's a great feel. It's bubbly, tactile, you know. It's a nice bottle. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a nice bottle. It's a glass bottle. So yeah. that is our number three as of last week when I checked. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What unexpected category of trivia would you dominate? <laughs> um anything NBA. Anything NBA. Wow. Um who's gonna win this year? Um, that's a great question. I probably, uh, probably Phoenix Suns. They're looking pretty stacked right now. Okay. Um, that or, or, or probably Milwaukee too looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, most likely it's going to be, it's got to be a favorite Suns. player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who Yanni? Yeah. Yanni is, uh, <laughs> is up on my, uh, is up on my list. That's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. He's great. Yeah, he is. He is. He's done. Does a lot for the community too yeah. in Greece that not a lot of people talk about. So, yeah, he just seems he's like a great guy, dude. great Obviously genuine great dude. Player. Yeah, absolutely. My sister lives in Greece and she sees him at the park all the time with his kids, like in the just neighborhood hanging. park, just, just just being a dad, just, just out there, right? Hundred dollars. Yeah, bills. yeah. I wish <laughs> she wishes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? Um. So. First off, the family behind Fresh Marketplace, right, the, the Marinas family, um, I owe them everything, right? Um, they, uh, they, they took me in. They trusted me. Uh, they made me a part of Fresh Marketplace. They for sure, um, I owe them a lot. That's for sure. I, I um, you know, I, there aren't words that I can I can describe. They gave me this opportunity. We've created a very successful couple stores, um, and you know that's that's one thing I'll always be thankful for um, is is them, um, you know. And then my my staff, my staff is just you know is just the best. I have the best staff in the grocery game in in Chicago. Um, we're not perfect. We're gonna have hiccups. 
with customer service, but um, they are they are the best. They buy in, they and they just you know they serve the customer the way that they're supposed to be served. So nice staff and, and the family behind Fresh Marketplace. So those two. Nice. Um, what is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? Bars or restaurants, what do they do that annoys me? Um, man, I can't get a reservation anymore in, in any place <laughs> that true. I want. You need, you need to be a month I out. I can't. I, it's, yeah. it's getting ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like, luckily, because of, you know, all the people that come in, I'm able to shoot a couple text messages. Like, if I want to get into Monteverde, I can't get in. And I'm not going to wait at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday when there are things oh, I, I can't get in. So luckily, I shoot some text over here. I shoot some text over there. Can you get me in? Can you get me in? But I, I just, the, the reservations. And I don't know if this is true or not, but this is word on the street. The reserva- that restaurants just kind of close all their, their reservations to create demand. Right? Yeah, I mean, Danny, I, care to weigh no, in? No, yeah, I can weigh in. Basically, I mean, we don't do anything like that. Sure. We don't create, like, artificial line at Slope or you know, any of that stuff. <laughs> it's all actors. Yeah, it's just all actors. <laughs> um, no, but we don't, like, keep capacity down to make a line. Like, we don't do any of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that there are people who do it. For Scofflaw, for example, since we didn't have reservations until after the pandemic. Sure. Um, we always wanted to keep, like, a healthy amount of the space available for walk-ins. But I think we yeah. only block off, like, 25%. And that's filled yeah. with people walking in. It's not like just got it. Empty. So you reserve it for walk. Yeah, you yeah. reserve that exactly. for walk-ins. So yeah, yeah just, we don't do anything. Nothing yeah. strange on our end. But that yeah. does seem like a thing that people would do in this in this era. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's. But annoying, then if you got man. in and it was like fake, like if right. they were pretending to be on a wait or whatever, and you got in, and it was like sixty percent empty. You. Yeah, like what's, what's I think they'd get on? called out pretty quickly you know, if it was. Well, a lot of people could have personal and, things and, going on where they couldn't make the reservation. <laughs> yeah, don't get <laughs> and, right. and don't get me wrong. I'm super happy that <laughs> the, the restaurants are full in Chicago, yeah. especially they they had a rough couple of years uh, sure, from the yeah. pandemic. So I, but I mean, I it's it's Friday night and you have nothing booked. You can't get anywhere. You got like a ten thirty yeah. here yeah. and a, you well, you're I mean, and you're trying to go out on Fridays and Saturdays, right? Well, sure. Like That's the Saturday hardest. night is really the only yeah. night I really have to yeah. kind of like. And we don't. I mean, you well, know, you also. I mean, I feel like I don't see that as much because I'm. I would just won't. I kind of refuse to go somewhere on a sure, Friday or Saturday sure, night. Sure, sure, sure. The busiest night at the store is Monday night, though. So oh. the reason is we get all of the the industry people that are oh, shopping yeah. those days, right? Oh. So, yeah, Monday night is always the busiest night. Try to avoid that. And any grocery store, in in 20 years that I've been in the business, it's always been 4 to 8 o'clock on a Monday is always the busiest time. What's the best time to shop in terms of, like, freshness of things? And what's the yeah. optimal shopping window yeah, at so your market? Yeah, we, so we get produce delivery six days a week, Okay, right? So every single day we get fr- fresh produce in, right? Um, fish the same thing, right? So the best, best possible time where the store is optimal for in terms of being stocked and everything is Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Yeah. Thursday morning. You you get, you know, all the, the, you know, Slagle comes in on Wednesdays, right? You have the bread that comes in every single day from, you know, Aya, Publican, um, and, all the delivery for the groceries pretty much in on Thursday. So Thursday is the day to go where the store is looking its best. 
for sure. Right, now, cool. if you're coming on a Sunday night and you're like, hey, why don't you guys have any more basil? It's like, because it's Sunday, Sunday night. night. <laughs> like, you, you, you're not, or where's the public and bread on a Sunday night? Yeah, we're, that sold out eight hours ago, you yeah. know, so. Um, but you're like, here's Greg's cell phone. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And here's our last. Tim just did that to me before the interview. <laughs> what here's danny's cell phone here's basically <laughs> i did do that yeah <laughs> you didn't tell me not to give it out you guys are awesome you guys are great um all right last question what is the best thing about chicago's dining scene the i mean the options right it's just we are the best city in america when it comes to restaurants and food we i just i i, I know that we are we have so many options you want a steak Here's 30 options. You want ramen? Here's options. We have great sushi. We have, we have patios. We have indoor. We have rooftops. We just there are so many options in the city, um, and that is the absolute best. Like, what are you craving? For? What are you craving? Great. You can't get into this place. Here's another 20 places that you can go. Um, and I know friends that come from the city. They just are from from other cities. They're just never disappointed in in the food scene because we just have so much to offer. It makes it hard when people visit and they're like, "Hey, where should I go?" I'm like, "Oh God, yeah, where?" And they're start? like, "Don't you live here?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know, yeah. but this isn't you know this is this is Chicago. It's a big food town, right? We love our food here. Like, what do you want? Pizza? What am I supposed to tell you? What pizza to go to? We can go." Pat's, Vito and Nick's, yeah. do you want deep dish? Do you want, you know, what yeah, you are you gotta, looking for? Yeah, you have for? to apply filters. You want New York style? Like, there's there's just options. There isn't just one place you can go. You know yeah. what I mean? Well put. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks so much Guys, for joining I really us appreciate you for having me. Um, a grocer to come on, on the podcast here. I, it means a lot to me. So thank you so much and for your continued support. And for all the customers that have supported Fresh Marketplace and me throughout the years. I am forever indebted, so thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Yeah. All right, bye. And that concludes our conversation (laughs) with Costa Drosos from Fresh Marketplace on Western, our grocer of choice. Thanks for listening, and remember to check us out on Instagram at JoinersPod for exclusive content, throwback photos, cocktail recipes from Danny Shapiro. Viral reels occasionally. We do have a couple that I think could constitute as viral. Yeah, what is the Derek Westbrook one has taken off. Please chime in with what you think viral means for a reel. How many views does it have to get to to be considered viral? Do you have an opinion, Danny? I don't. I don't. I I mean, just because I like to. It's all relative for us. Critique myself. I think it'd be over a hundred thousand. That's kind of the number I had in mind. We haven't (laughs) reached that yet, but we're well on our way. We're halfway there, baby. Are we? We're not on a couple. Way. Really? I mean, we're a third of the way there. Let's be <laughs> no, honest. People can check our stats. <laughs> 40 is more than a third. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Are we at 40 on that one? <laughs> Close. Whatever. We're splitting hairs <laughs> at this point. So, anyway, please don't forget to drop a review if you're so inclined. We're accepting positive reviews. Yeah, um, tell 10 friends. Five stars. Yep. <laughs> five star <laughs> reviews tell us what you like tell us what you don't like we'll fix it i don't care yeah i'm not tied to anything yeah we'll change I'm our on names for god's sake <laughs> i'm out in the ether baby <laughs> yeah. uh this episode was produced by matt haddock music by captain cuts and of course our reels are done by the one and only joe guzzo the third thank you for listening we'll see you guys next week